Hello my friends, I'm Bianca for Ticking and Garbon and guys I am so excited for this new year's pre-watch collection series. The enthusiasts, the watchers are all bringing their A-game to the challenge so let's not waste any more time and welcome into the studio today Richie. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you Bianca. Um, yeah, it's very nice to be here. I've actually, as, as a watch enthusiast, I've watched a lot of YouTube videos over the years uh, with people talking about their watches, but I've never done it myself. So it is uh, it's a bit of a treat and uh, be a bit of fun. Before we have a look at what you brought in today, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so I suppose I am a, a family man uh, these days, very happily married and with two beautiful young young kids. My son is a little boy, uh, as sons are, I suppose, usually. <laughs> and um, my little girl is still a baby. So um, they're both very young and, and, and uh, cute, lots of work, uh, quite expensive. So not quite so much to spend on watches these days, but uh, we'll, still, we'll still try our best. Now, where did this love story of watch collecting, how did that start? Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm not quite sure myself sometimes, but um, <laughs> you kind of go down the rabbit hole and, and don't come out eventually. But uh, <laughs> I I liked watches as a, as a kid, but I, I, I didn't actually know what a mechanical watch was until I was about 22 or 23 because I was born in 1982 and uh, that was right as, as the quartz crisis had kind of uh, almost almost killed mechanical watchmaking. And then growing up as a kid and the watches my parents wore as well, they were all quartz watches. Yeah. And I didn't didn't know what a mechanical watch was until I, I was, I think I was in a hotel bar um, talking with my boss at the time, who's still a, a friend. And he and his friend were really into watches and were, were talking and, and these, these figures were being bounced back and forth in terms of prices. And I was, wow, okay, so why, why do they cost so much? And uh, yeah, their answer had a few different nuances to it. But one of the things that they explained to me was that it's a mechanical movement that doesn't have a battery, it's powered by your own wrist. And that was a hot, that was a, a new idea to me. And um, I thought, oh, that's, that sounds kind of, kind of interesting. Eventually when I um, could afford it, uh, some years later, I, uh, I bought my first piece and it's one of those things that kind of uh, gets momentum like a s snowball rolling downhill. Um, once, you're, once you're interested, you want to learn more and more. And there is a lot to learn. I mean, when you say you're into watches uh, to people that, that aren't, they're, they're usually pretty perplexed. It's like, what, what exactly could you be into? But I think there's a lot of history, a, a lot of different aspects of kind of the decorative arts and, and, and things of that nature that go into to watches as well and they, they came from the basis of being a tool so there's a lot of um, practical applications uh, in the past that watches were used for that um, is, is part of the interest for me. I have spoken to a few watch enthusiasts now as yourself and they all seem to have some kind of philosophy behind their collection whether it's sentimental, bear of the moment buy or they even like a series of one brand. Is there a a philosophy that you stick to with your collecting? It's a good question. I mean, loose, loosely, I suppose, one of the things that I find attractive about watches is that they're something that can stay with you for a long time or for your whole life. And building memories with, with different pieces of, of different times in your life is, is one of the things I really enjoy about watches. So in terms of how that relates to my collecting philosophy, I guess I don't want a massive collection of 20 or 30 watches. I want a smaller collection where I can build a lot of memories with each piece and which fit in different areas of my life as well. So I think about my watch collecting in terms of the activities that I am going to do with the watch as opposed to trying to tick off each complication or tick off each brand. So what's the main thing when you go to purchase watches that you look out for? 
One of the things that kind of tends to get me interested or excited about a particular piece is the historical context behind the watch. So most of the watches that I um, have brought into the collection have a, a sort of a lineage where they've been iterating and improving um, over time. That's one of the things that I think about. And then also, how does that piece just, uh, does it or does it not fit into my, my little collection and, and, and the things I want to do with my watches? So I want to use all my watches. Um, I, I, I don't uh, purchase them like some big collectors purchase them mainly just to keep in a safe and bring out on in, in the safety of their own homes. But I, I want to wear all my watches, so that's another consideration as well. Now, you have been collecting for some time now, and I'm assuming you've got a bit of a collection. Was it hard to come up with these three that we have in front of us today? Kind of like choosing your favourite kid in a way, but... Uh... <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I pared it down um, in terms of watches, which I think speak to different disparate, different aspects of uh, of watches that I'm passionate about, and I think they'd work pretty well as a, as a three watch collection. So, uh, but no, it wasn't wasn't e wasn't easy to uh, to answer your question. It was a bit of a uh, bit of thought went into it. Great work. Okay, well. Let's not waste any more time and have a look at what you brought in today, please. Sure. Okay. So we'll start on the right here. Um, so I've got a uh, Rolex Explorer reference 1016. Um, this watch is a vintage watch. It dates back to uh, 1971. I uh, bought this watch for my, my 40th, which was um, 22. So um, just, we just had an year. So I'm just uh, getting my maths correctly there. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a special purchase for, for me, the Explorer, um, I, I do love the simplicity of the design. There's no rotating bezel. It's kind of a Rolex sports watch distilled down to its kind of most basic parts. I love the versatility of the watch as well, where, um, I think it, it looks great with a suit, but, uh, uh, it was originally intended for, uh, exploring and, uh, climbing mountains and things like that. And, uh, I, I kind of get into the history of it so much so that I um, I got this uh, uh, original advert from the 1960s um, framed and it's, it hangs in my study at home usually. The copy these days is a bit cheesy uh, <laughs> to us. Um, we built the Rolex Explorer because there isn't any watch repair shop on top of the Matterhorn. So a, a little bit cheesy, but uh, the imagery of, uh, of of the hand and the climbing the mountain on the watch, I think, is still very cool um, and and a kind of kind of an iconic representation of what 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 the origins of the watch are about. I I, I really like using the watches, and I, I like the fact that they were originally for they they were they were for a purpose. They were tools um, to be used. Yeah, the Explorer kind of bundled all of that all those elements up into a package that was, um, that really worked for me. So it was one of Rolex's early sport watches. And as most enthusiasts will know, they, there was this, the first successful ascent of Mount Everest with Hillary and, and, and Tenzing, Tenzing Norgay. They didn't wear that watch, but they wore a similar Rolex, um, that, uh, Rolex later then turned into the Explorer. So. I like the aspect of it being used for out, out in the field for real adventures and uh, not, not for sitting in boardrooms or sitting at cafes, but actually um, being out in, in the wilderness and, and exploring as, as the name goes. So that was what attracted me to, to that watch. Also Rolex in general, I'm kind of a, a Rolex guy, which is uh, uh, not, not super original, but um, mm -hmm. I do 
like their philosophy uh, that the company kind of was built on in terms of making watches for um, the field for for hard for hard wearing situations that would stand up to to that. Yeah, with with the with the Explorer. I mean, I, I mentioned the, the the mountaineering connection, and then David Attenborough was wearing that a similar watch in in, in the sixties, whereas venturing out to remote kind of jungles. I, I enjoy that that aspect of the lineage of the watch. And um, these days, it's a vintage watch, so probably not best to kind of rough it up too much anymore. But I still do like to wear it and uh, and, and not treat it with kid gloves too much. In saying that, I must add, while well, having a look closely at the watch, it's in pretty good condition. And yeah. Is it hard for, for you to find? Yeah, I think it must have had a pretty pretty good life. It was difficult to find in, in that we're, we're in Perth in Australia and um, there's a, a, a large level of vintage stock over mm. here. So I had to um, do a lot of research and take a bit of a leap of faith with, with buying it from abroad. But in, in those situations, um, I kind of followed the advice that, that you hear about, you know, buying the seller and, uh, and doing a lot of research on the seller. Because you need to be a bit careful with with vintage watches, because uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of uh, people out there who uh, try to take you for a ride if they can. So you, um, you don't so much want to go for the the best price, but buy the seller in terms of the the seller that you you feel like you can you can trust will do the right things. So thank you for sharing with us. Pleasure. What do we have next? The next one is. Um, Jaja Le Coultre Reverso. Jaja Le Coultre has always been a brand that's appealed to me. Um, it has this, I guess, tagline. It's the the watchmaker's watchmaker, which is a bit of a a kind of cliched marketing phrase in 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 some sense. But there is also some some authenticity to it in the sense that uh, GLC has made movements for for all the best. So that they've made movements for Patek and. AP and uh, Vacheron back in earlier days as well as made all, all their own movements and uh, been making watches for a long time and I, I think there is a, a genuine commitment to traditional watchmaking there where they use uh, all their own components. I believe they can make components from any watch that they've made over the many the many decades they've been around and I think they, they make uh, most if not all of their own tools so there, there's a real um, true tradition in watchmaking there which I, I do I do enjoy. This was a watch that I heard about um, early in learning about watches and, and didn't purchase one till much later. But I think the story kind of stayed with me for a long time. Um, it's, a, it's a well kind of told, uh, often told story about how it was uh, originally uh, designed for, for polo matches and you can reverse the, uh, the watch to protect the, the crystal at the front. Over time, um, we don't play too much polo anymore. So uh, now the the back has the back of the watch has been kind of a often a place where people use to to put an inscription or uh, even a, you know you can even do artwork and and these types of things on the back. So in the case of, of my watch, I I had this engraved with some details about my my son on his first birthday, so that this watch will go to to him one day. Um, so so that one's never going to leave the collection for sure. That's a special watch for that reason. And then the other two pieces I brought were sports watches, one vintage and one modern. And uh, the where this kind of fits into the collection is is, is more when you want to want to dress up. So maybe you're, you're going to dinner or you're putting a suit on and it goes quite well with that. It's on, it's on a casual strap at the moment, mm -hmm. but uh, if, if, if I was wearing it to a wedding or something like I did the other day, it, it goes on the, on the black leather and, uh, and that kind of transforms the character quite quickly. I did notice you have a personal favourite of mine as your last 
Yes, if it's a, a favorite of yours, Bianca, I think you're you're on the right track because I think uh, yeah they offer so much so much value in the current market where the prices of everything have kind of galloped away, and and Shooter have stayed they've increased a little bit, but they're still um, relatively accessible and and you're getting a, a really high quality product and, and and a lot of history for that as well. So um, yeah, the, the last watch I have here is the uh, Black Bay Fifty Eight. Think in a three watch collection, you need a modern sport watch that you can kind of take everywhere and do anything with. So it's got the the water resistance. It's uh, got the shock resistance where you don't have to to baby it. Um, so I guess in a, in a three watch three watch collection, this would be kind of the uh, the go to option for day to day. There's a a long history of of Tudor's involvement with with dive watches, and um, this this watch is kind of has some of the design cues of uh, the Marine National. Uh, watch that was worn by the French Navy back in the uh, 60s and 70s, I think it was, maybe the, the 80s as well. A again, simple. All these watches are pretty simple. It's, I think it's an enduring design that's that's always going to look good and uh, it just kind of fits my, my lifestyle as well. Part of um, collecting for me or what I enjoy about it is, um, I guess, collecting memories that are associated with each piece. And uh, it, in the case of this this uh, piece, the Black Bay, I um, we had our first overseas holiday as a family. It was with my, my young son. My, my wife was still expecting our daughter at the time, and we, we hadn't travelled for a few years because of uh, COVID and, and other things. So um, we, we got away to Hawaii for a couple of weeks and, and, and had a fantastic time and, and, and brought this watch along. So I'll probably get this engraved at some point just to remember that, that trip by and, um, you know, hopefully... Many years later, it's something my, my son can can look at as well and uh, and associate with that trip as well. So, so I think you've got you've got the black one in in that one. I That's... sure do. So I definitely appreciate this piece a lot. Yeah, Tudor's kind of stepped up as like if if you're just starting out and and, and want a nice watch but don't want to go on a, a six year wait list and, and and want to actually be able to. To see see the piece and, and and hold it in your hands and then and then purchase it without too much uh, jumping through hoops. I think Tudor's a, a great option. Awesome collection you brought in for us today. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. So, with your watch collecting journey, did you have any hurdles? Maybe I thought oh, I shouldn't have bought that. Um, any difficulties <laughs> along the way? You you grow into it over time, and you get start to distill like a bit of a more um, precise idea of what you enjoy and it's it might be a piece that's very iconic and that you you, you may like it but shouldn't necessarily have it as part of your collection just because you're supposed to yeah it, it may be a, a, a kind of a, a famous historically important piece but it might not be the right one for you and over collecting uh, for a while you, you start to get a bit more of an idea of, of what fits for you and what doesn't and you do need to sometimes move on a few pieces and, and, and sometimes you need to move on pieces not because you don't like the piece but just because of economics there might be something that's resonates with you more and you realize that um okay well i've got these other couple of pieces that i, I really like but this is something that really resonates with me more so you, you, you're kind of doing this so would you say you're happy with your collection at the moment are you eyeing off anything for 2024 <laughs> I, I, I am happy, really happy with the collection and I'm probably thinking longer term than 2024 now. I think I am going to enjoy what I have for a while and um, but there, there are things over the next kind of eight, nine, ten years that I would like to, to add but um, in, the, in the more immediate term 
no, I'm not looking to, to make any, any big moves. Thank you, Richie. You've done a fabulous job in presenting your three today. Oh, my pleasure. Shall we celebrate with a glass of whiskey? Yeah, I think that'll be gratefully received. Thank you. Let's do it. And guys, if you enjoyed today's video as much as I did, make sure you check out our other content. Help me out by pressing subscribe so you don't miss out on the next free watch collection.